Hello again, everyone. Welcome to the Scientific Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Lucas Berry, joining me virtually from Hedgesville, West Virginia. Mr. Darren Sears Berry Jr. Darren, how are you today? Not too bad. Not too bad. I, I will take it. Considering what's happened to our teams the last few last <laughs> week, it could be, we could both be really bad right now. Oh, definitely. Speaking of what happened to our team, I'll ask you the same question I asked you last week. What the hell happened in Foxborough? I, you know, last last week I thought it was a, hey guys, uh, this was a bye week. Should we be playing? And most so it was the offense. Uh, this time it was everyone. Everyone decided that this was their week off, uh, and that they were kind of done. I, there was, there was, I saw literally zero evidence to suggest that anyone on that field had any fire or or want to play this game. For whatever reason, none of them none of them knew what they were doing, or wanted to do it. It honestly Kim, looked like Bill checked out too. Oh, for sure. I mean, Cam Newton threw less than a hundred yards and three interceptions and was pulled. Jarrett Stidham comes in, does no better, because I guess it's the running routine that when Jarrett Stidham's popped in, he throws an interception. It's it's like guaranteed at this point, and not to wag on Jarrett Stidham, but. Because he's always thrown in at kind of poor situations, but my God, man, get it together! If you're going to be the backup, get it together. I don't know why they threw it with him as a backup. Just let him hit it off. At this point, why not get your running game going? Because you're going to need it this week. Yeah, I mean, basically, no one got going on the running game. I mean, Harris did all right with six six yards per carry, but almost. But uh, I mean, that doesn't do you any good if. Everything else is doing poor. Everything else is poor. Right. Cam can't go throw three interceptions and like nine pass attempts. Exactly. He can't but do it. Before halftime, the the 49ers had more first downs than New England had ran plays. Right. And it's that should never happen. And unless that unless each of my plays that I've ran have gone for touchdowns, that shouldn't happen. No. <laughs> And they were not that lucky. No. It, what baffles me, and here's the thing. We know what the weakness of this Patriots defense is. It's the run defense. They can't stop the run. We know that. And give credit to the 49 for realizing we're just going to run down your throat. You can't do a damn thing about it. Exactly. I give them, I give them credit for that. And, and the Broncos figured that out, too. The Broncos have a decent running game with Philip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon. Mm-hmm. Not, a bad, not a bad running game. Chester's team isn't all that great, but the running game isn't bad. So, this is where I think the Patriots got outsmarted. They got Mm -hmm. outcoached. And granted, a lot of the guys in the front seven are missing. Like, uh, Houston would have been really useful on Sunday. Dante Hightower. Mm -hmm. He would have been really, 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 really helpful. So will Kyle Van Noy, who was on his bye in Miami. Now, granted, one of them you will get back next year. The other one probably won't because he's not getting out of Miami. But it's still you look at those guys on the on the front seven and you go, who the hell are you? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and and, and it, it doesn't it, it there's a problem here. And no name defenses have worked in New England. Absolutely, they're not working now. And it and it's crazy considering the considering the transition from essentially the top team and the defense in the league, and they're still for the for the most part up until this game. They were still maintaining some type of dominance, 
but this game really was the one that that let it show is that you know take advantage of everything and not only are you taking advantage of the fact that the offense is absolute garbage you're exposing the weaknesses in an otherwise pretty decent uh, defense and well we as you said we've seen that they absolutely tore them to shreds something like let's see almost 200 yards uh, on the ground and then almost 300 about 275 on uh, through the air it's basically almost 500 yards that's insane especially that's, it, uh, for an NFL happened. defense in college I expect that in NFL I don't yeah that unacceptable Absolutely unacceptable. This cannot happen I mean, again. Absolutely not. There were like I, the first. I think I watched the first two interceptions of of Newton, and they were horrible. They were horrible decisions. I mean, first of all, when you're Cam Newton or any quarterback that has a a an aptitude for running, and you have a ten yard gap in front of you, and you're half an inch behind the first down or rather sorry the line of scrimmage run that ball instead he throws it directly to the defender doesn't even get anywhere in the vicinity of his wide receiver throws it directly to the to the defensive back and it's gone it, uh, i that's all i can say is uh, exactly like how, how do you have such poor judgment you are a former MVP. How do you have such yeah. a horrible judgment? Now, I don't know if this is true, but let's just point out the facts here. You know when you know when Cam changed post COVID. Oh, definitely. He it, it, it it's either either COVID sucked his his enjoyment for life out, or it screwed up his brain and he doesn't understand what blue and and white is. Exactly. It's he better figure it out. Well, here's the thing: if he's thinking about wearing white. The people are playing white. That works in our favor this week because we're going up to Buffalo. We're wearing white, <laughs> and they're going to be wearing blue. Uh, this hey, we're going to win. Like, hey. hey, throw it to the guys in white, and this time they are not on and the this, defense. <laughs> right. Oh boy, uh, it was. It's it's horrible. It's it, it's things that I would that these types of things I would expect at some point. Right, we're we're getting into the the some type of in between era here. For New England, where we don't really know where we're going, we don't know where they'll end up in the next couple of years. So we're in that weird period, and I expected some weird shit, <laughs> but, but, but this is this is just ridiculous. I didn't expect this bad of a downfall so quickly. I didn't either. Meanwhile, uh, another quarterback is living up in in Florida, which is salt from the wound, is what that is. Yeah. I saw, I saw, well, I saw a brief comment from Bruce Arians talking about that. Oh, you know, if if Tom Brady wanted to win the NFL MVP, he'd have to get like a a player of the of the month or something like that. Which he did get a player of the month, but yes, he did. But I did make I did make the blatant observation that we all know what happens to NFL MVPs when it comes to yes. the Super Bowl. So by all means, go uh, win that NFL MVP, go win, Tom Brady. Go also, go ahead. By all, by all means. <laughs> I gave you permission to use one word. I didn't give you permission to use that word. You're correct. I'm uh, I'm off the rails today. <laughs> hey, that's my area, <laughs> not yours. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, but yeah, by all means, go win the NFL MVP. By all means, 
we'll see how that, that how that plays out for your Super Bowl hopes. <laughs> in your own stadium, as it as it were. Yeah. <laughs> Which they say they're going to have twenty percent capacity in the Super Bowl. Twenty percent. Interesting. Yes. I I, yes. I saw, did see that they were allowing fans. I didn't see the numbers. So twenty yes. percent is. I mean, I guess within on par at this point for for the usual uh, cuts. Right. Something else I saw the other day, I, I don't remember where it was. I think it was on ESPN. I don't remember for sure. Where they said a lot of people in Boston are rooting for Tom Brady. I'm like, uh-uh, no. People in Boston are probably mad as hell he left. Yeah. I know this Patriot fan is. Exactly. Like, oh, it was, uh, pardon the interruption, it was ESPN. They're talking about who should Boston miss more, Tom Brady or Mookie Betts from the, from the Dodgers, who got traded from the Red Sox. Yeah, I would miss. And it's like, yeah. it's like <sighs> Brady. <laughs> he won you six rings. You're not going to see that again. The Red Sox might be good again. <laughs> he were might. The 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 worst part is that they tr- uh, like, and I don't follow baseball as very closely, but I am rookie bets is is like I saw I would see videos of his plays all the time and he, you know especially in a couple videos of the this recent World Series, but they they just trade the man away, and I'm like I'm thinking to myself, man. Boston just loves letting wonderful players go. Pretty much. And here's the thing. The Red Sox are one of them are one of the richest teams in baseball. They have a massive TV contract. They could have broken out the red carpet for them and signed them to a big contract. The Dodgers spend money too. They weren't going to trade to the Yankees. We know that. They're just not going to do that. They're not going to give the Yankees anything else. The Yankees don't need anything else. <laughs> the Dodgers don't need anything else, but they want something else. Yeah. So it's like, okay, who are you going to trade it to? Well, no one else in, the, in baseball can take him. They're not that rich. Either you pay him or the Dodgers take him. And it was like, well, we're not going to pay him. Why won't you pay the man? Yeah. Well, like, come on, people. Like, with how much, with how how massive baseball player contracts can get, pay 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 the man. Especially when you're the Boston Red Sox. Pay, pay, pay the man. Because now he's with another team winning another, just finished winning another championship. Yep. He, he has a 12-year $365 million extension <sighs> signed with the Red Sox. That's uh, his total contract, if you include the last year of his contract in Boston, which got transferred to the Dodgers. It's 13 years, $392 million. Oh, mama. You can pay the man. I guarantee <laughs> you you can. Yeah. Jeez. So it's what they got. The Red Sox were horrible. They were out of it since, like, the opening pitch. Yeah. I mean, it's like first pitch is thrown. Okay, we're out of it. When the when the Baltimore Orioles essentially performed better than you, granted, I don't think they made the grant. They didn't make the postseason either. But when they performed, better, no, but they did better. Than they did when last they year. They performed better than you. It's the equivalent of the Cleveland Browns coming in and performing better than the New England. Wait a second. Damn. No, wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's also the same. The same, the same equivalence. These should not be happening. These scenarios no, should it, not be it, happening, and the status quo has been shifted, and I don't like that. I, I will give you a uh, – it's not going to happen in the NFL, but I'll give you a, a, a different example. The New York Jets. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. The, 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 the Orioles lost over 100 games. They were the worst team in baseball last year, mm-hmm. and they did better than you. That is a problem. Exactly. On to football again. Football. Here's my question. The Patriots go to the Bills this weekend. Does the 2020 New England Patriots season ride on this game? 
honestly, definitely. I mean, you're going to be sitting at two and five if you lose this game and on a four-game slide. Uh, you don't recover from that stuff very easily. Even if you're the New England Patriots, you're not recovering from that very easily. Especially not this New England Patriots team. And, oh, uh, what in the... Sorry about that. Yeah. That's uh, probably a scam call. I should not be expecting any calls until afternoon today, if I get any calls. Okay, pardon that. So, yeah, even even this New England team, um, it doesn't matter if, it, if, it, if Tom Brady was at the helm right now. You're not recovering from this. It's it's you're pretty much kissing your 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 playoff hopes goodbye this year. Especially definitely if you lose. If you win, you're it's still very questionable. But at least you just took down the top team in your division. So, the, I agree. so there's some positives oh, there, potential positives there if you win. <laughs> I, I I agree with you. But let's dig in deeper to the Buffalo Bills, okay? Because there's a, there's a hidden thing in the schedule that I want to get to. So the Bills are four and two, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Actually, I think five two. Yeah, five and two. you are right. They have two okay, they have, okay, they've beaten the Jets. They've beaten the Dolphins. They beat the Rams. Beat the Raiders. Beat lost Titans. Chief. They've beaten the Jets twice. So they're three and zero in the division. Oh, they don't get the Jets again. So they have the Patriots twice and the Dolphins once to end uh, to as the division uh, mm-hmm. game, and those games aren't going to be played until January, January twenty. I can't read that if it's a six or an eight, or uh, and the third of January. So they're three and zero in the division. They have that lead. The Patriots have only played one division game, and they beat the mm-hmm. Dolphins. They have the Jets twice, including next week, and then they play the Dolphins again down in Miami later on in the year, like in mid-December. If you beat the if you beat the Bills here, you've handled the first division loss, and you now have two. You're a game back. You get the Jets next weekend. You assume you beat the Jets. You're now on mm-hmm. equal terms, equal terms, and you would have the division lead because you would have you wouldn't have lost a division game, and then they would have because they lost mm-hmm. to you. I don't even care about making the playoffs as like I don't even care about seeding anymore. I just want to get yeah. in. I want to win the division. That's my main goal here. And here's the thing. We don't want to talk about it as being the NFC East. It could be the NFC East, okay, where whoever wins the most division games wins mm-hmm. the division. You may not have an 11-win team starting out winning the AFC East this year. It might be a 10-6, and 9-17 and because the Bills, the two best teams they've played, the Titans and Chiefs, they've gotten manhandled mm-hmm. by. They struggle to win big games. I think they're building something. But they're not there yet. Here are their next five games for the Bills. Home to the Patriots, home to the Seahawks, at the Cardinals, home to the Chargers, at the 49ers. That could legitimately be a one and Oh, absolutely. I mean, with despite the fact that Seattle just lost to Arizona, they they could very well they, – they're going to put up a big fight against Buffalo. And considering the fact that Arizona just beat Seattle, they could very well put up a fight against Buffalo. <laughs> right. So if they go one and four – They've already matched what you're doing mm-hmm. right now with that four-game losing streak and then presumably a win against them if the Patriots yeah. win. The Dolphins are up and down. They just went to two. We don't know how they're going to react. And the Jets are still off in Neverland just doing whatever the hell they do. So if I'm looking at it this way, you have to win this game for no other reason that you just have to keep pacing exactly. the division. Because they're not getting a wild card berth. 
They're just not. They're not that good. There's not going to be a nine and seven wild card team in the AFC this year. Ten and six, and I don't think this team is capable of going eight and two down the stretch. As Scratch said, I know they're exactly. Not. So if I'm not going to go ten and six, I'm not going to go nine and seven. I, I gotta get in somehow. Win your division games. That's why there's mm-hmm. a division there. And we can talk about how screwed up it is that a home team that if the Cowboys win the division at six and ten, they get a home playoff game, get a get a twelve win team in the NFC West. Whoever doesn't win the division will go on the road. We can talk about that all day, but it's still the truth. If the Patriots team stinks up the joint but wins their division games, there's still a home playoff game at yep. the West. That's what you want. We don't Super Bowl is not in the discussion for this team yet. We just want a home playoff game, as in get to the playoffs. Yeah. At this point, so, and even shorter term, at this point, I just want to be back to five hundred. This is just, this is just sad to look yeah. at. Like, so I'm looking at this and saying, this is stuff that I should see routinely with the Mountaineers, not the New England Patriots. At least I'm used to it with the Mountaineers. I agree with you. <laughs> okay, so we're talking about the the Patriots Bills game. And I told you this yesterday. I was looking into some of the stats mm-hmm. of the Bills here. They're averaging 297.7 yards per game passing. They're averaging 97 yards mm-hmm. even on the ground. That plays into strength on yep. strength. What's the strength of the Patriots' defense? Yep. The secondary. What are they going to do? They're not going to run it down your throat. They're not going to worry about that. They're going to throw it. Well, it's, this is going to have to. This is how you can win this game. This is how you have to win this game to me. Now, granted, I will say this, so there's something else completely different on Sunday. But this is how I would approach it. I want to establish my running game from the first snap of the game. Mm-hmm. That's my goal. Get the running game going, turn it off to Damian Harris, Sony Michelle, Rex Burkhead. I don't care who. I want that running game going. And I want to kill the clock. And I want to go, okay, yeah, we just killed five. We just killed seven minutes. You have half a quarter. Do what you want with that. And I dare you to throw it because I've got Stephon Gilmore and Patrick and uh, not Patrick Chung and their Cody twins and JC mm-hmm. Jackson back there. And I'm going to pick you off. And you can't yep. do a damn thing about it. That's what I want to do. I want to make them throw it because I believe I can defend the pass. I can't defend the run. Exactly. That's how I would win. That's how I would approach it. Now that seems fairly obvious, but I still think the obvious here is probably the mm-hmm. most direct route. Exactly. I mean, you you want to you want to force them to play to your strengths, and and if you can make them do that, then by all means. Uh, I mean, I don't really know how good uh, how good in general uh, Buffalo's running backs are, but if they can hold out just long enough on on the whatever one game they try to to do, then that's that's all they need defensively at this point. I don't even know who no. they're running back is. Yeah, say I don't either. <laughs> Insert Thanos, but I don't, I don't even know, know who you are. Who you are. We're making meme references again, folks. It's getting real. Let's see. I'm going to pop open the bills now. So the Patriots, while you do that, the Patriots will mm-hmm. be down a man, a very notable man. That's, they'll be down a squirrel Yep. for the foreseeable future. That could add a little bit of a wrinkle to this team, although I still believe the Patriots have guys that can fill in and provide enough of a threat that the passing game can mm-hmm. still work. I still think Keel oh, Harry is good. I still think Jacoby Myers is good. I still think they have guys that can do it. This is not going to be a team that lines up and throws it 85 exactly. times a game. 
but they have enough where if they need to throw it, they should be able to get guys to, to catch. And here's the thing. If the run game is established, what happens? They suck the, they suck the secondary yeah. down, guys get open. In theory. Exactly. And I, I want to say one thing, because this is something that has frankly annoyed the absolute everything, just everything out of me. I'm just so frustrated with reading this every time I see a, uh, a New England Patriots post or something, is that, in Kiel Harry is a bust, in Kiel Harry is garbage, you should have drafted Metcalf, blah, 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 blah. Okay, so here's what I say about that. Anyone saying that is an absolute idiot. I'll tell you why. And Kill Harry is coming off a season, his rookie season, with playing barely half a season and not seeing too many snaps in the games he did play because he was coming off an injury. What do you expect from a player that comes out into basically an entirely new system now with an entirely new quarterback and... And, and everyone else is just I – mean, plus given the situation that this entire season's in. What do you expect from the young man? Right. It, they, here's the thing, too. Going back to last year, we know how Brady operated. He had to mm-hmm. trust you if you throw you the ball. He didn't have time to develop any sort of exactly. relationship with Akil Harry. So you knew you weren't going to get – to base anything for a rookie off of last year in that situation exactly. is absolute madness. And there hasn't been enough consistency to make to make an accurate exactly. judgment on it and now. And then there's the whole you should have drafted DK Metcalf because he was still on the board when you picked Harry. Um, do you forget that that maybe Metcalf just doesn't fit the scheme of New England? I can't say whether he does or not, but I can damn well be confident that the coaching staff thinks he doesn't fit the scheme. If he doesn't fit the scheme, I will not one for one second say that DK Metcalf is not an amazing receiver right now and he's showing it, but that doesn't mean he would fit the scheme in New England. I mean, yeah, look, the Patriots do not draft based on name and they don't draft based on talent. They draft based on Mm -hmm. fit to the system. They take the best player available because Bill has always believed in never drafting to your needs. Draft the best player and fill your needs elsewhere. And at this point, it's that's how this exactly. organization works. At this point, it's it's a tiring thing to have to say because if you're a New England fan, you should know this. You should absolutely know this if you're a New England fan. But if but otherwise, you're just a whiny brat. Who's just spoiled? Like, get it? We've all been spoiled with some great twenty, a great twenty years of of this team. But that doesn't mean that one season automatically gives you the right to criticize every single drafting thing decision they've ever made. Because we've seen routinely that these drafting decisions quite regularly pan out, and if they don't, they're gone pretty quickly. So, you know, they make some pretty decent decisions. Even right, even the Pittsburgh Steelers, which I believe are the most consistent and best organization in professional sports ever, have down seasons. Even the Steelers, who even if you don't like them, you have to give them a lot of respect because yeah. they're I mean, always even Ben good. who is a for sure a future Hall of Famer, has his down days. I've watched the man throw five interceptions in a game multiple times on four or five, and he comes back and throws exactly. five touchdowns so, the next week. You can't tell me that even the, one of the greatest organized like dynasties in the NFL at this point can't have some down time, uh, down years or down weeks. As much as I hate it, and as much as I hate seeing it, I understand that this sustained success was was going to peter out eventually. It just happens to be this year. Exactly. 
and here's the thing: people forget that it's possible to have a down year and a st- and evaluate what you have, and then turn right back around exactly. and dominate the next five years. It's not this one season does not guarantee the dynasty is over. And here's the thing: the dynasty we all talk about, they went from 04 to 2014. They went ten years without exactly. winning the Super Bowl, and mm-hmm. they only played in two in that time. They, by the by the by the lofty standards, those were down years. There were ten and six years. Mm-hmm. There were eleven and five years, and yet no one seemed to lose the faith. Why? Because twelve was back there. Guess what? Twelve ain't coming back till they retire his jersey. Get on with it. You have to deal with who's there. You can't look and say, "Oh, he and Gronk are living up in Tampa Bay." An entirely different situation. Exactly. Entirely different organization. Everything is different. This is about who is here in New England on the roster exactly. being paid by Robert Kraft. I don't want to hear yeah, about who definitely. wasn't here. I mean, I, I, I've recently got back into into what, uh, reading the New England Sports Network uh, uh, post, or rather, yeah, the posts, um, because, you know, keep some other tabs on some news, especially for this. It helps. But I'm... I'm getting quite sick and tired of them posting every single thing about Tom Brady. Like I get it. They're not just a new England sports coverage. They just happen. They're just based in new England and they focus a lot on new England, but they shove Tom Brady down your throat so much. And I'm like, come on guys, tone it down a bit. And the, and the comments say it too. I don't, co- obviously I'm not going to comment. It's honestly their decision. And if that draws more readers, by all means, that's the perfect business decision. But man, I get tired of seeing it. It's like I don't care what could have been with Tom Brady this year. He's gone, and I moved on from the from that fact. He's gone, and he won't come back. But and then on the same note with Gronk, like yeah, they're both, they're both theoretically you know living it up in there right now. I mean, they're what four and two or something. But Gronk's had one touchdown and like yeah. I don't know, fifteen catches or something. The dude at this point. He, he came in – actually, he acknowledged it, I feel like, whether it was a, a meme or not. The man was just came in to block. <laughs> and, and I guess he's doing a pretty good job at it. You know, he's he's a phenomenal blocker. Uh, but my goodness. They have they have catching tight ends down there. They don't need Gronk. Here's the thing, too. Here's the thing. Yeah. What I don't understand is this. And this this says a lot about where we are as a sports culture, where we automatically assume people follow players mm-hmm. instead of people following teams. I don't understand. I, I understand it, but I also don't. It's like, what have we become in a culture where we are so obsessed with a player that we that we just – people thought we would have been in ship when Brady left. I'm like, no. Does, I don't have a – I have a Tom Brady jersey, but it has exactly. a Patriot logo on the front of it. Doesn't just sure. say Brady. Like I, I will one hundred percent support I, individual players. I do it all the time. Drew Brees, absolutely. I want that guy to succeed. I still want to see him win another Super Bowl before he's out of here. Peyton Manning, enjoyed Peyton Manning. You know, I have all these different players that I will one hundred percent see and be like, I want this guy to do well. This guy is a fun player to watch. It doesn't matter that they're on the Saints or the Broncos or you know someone else. I like those players, but my Loyalty remains to the Patriots, and if you're a Patriot player that I happen to like, w- when you're gone, sure. Depending on the the, the means that <laughs> by which you left, <clears throat> Tom Brady, um, then generally I will support you on your way out. Like, and I'm, yeah, exactly. Unless you're, or, or, unless you're Tom Brady. Um, 
Akib Talib, he left kind of poorly and had some bad yep, things. Right. It, like depending on the context, for the most part, if you were a former New England Patriot, I want to see you succeed later on, unless you're playing the Patriots. <laughs> I, I have to go here. I don't really want to, but I have to. Unless you're uh, exactly. to fight off <laughs> no. We don't want you to succeed there. Yep. Okay, you kind of deserve it. So it's like, uh, but but in general, but I will never sit there and go, oh, I want the Patriots to fail now because Tom Brady's no longer a player. No, I I became no. a fan because of the pay, uh, of the Patriots. I mean, when I was young and fo- and watched that first game. Granted, this is exactly how one becomes a bandwagoner, but I think that's an excuse for like an eight-year-old um, team that wins. Hey, who? But I also really liked their jerseys, and I, I, and I still enjoy those jerseys. Um, I was like, "Ooh, those are cool. I like it's got silver on it," and boom. And then the, the here I am stuck with being a fan. But now that we're in the seemingly dark times that doesn't mean i'm just gonna abandon ship especially because the quarterback left like that's ridiculous i mean no like to to relate it back to the mountaineers again do you have you people seen how much crap we've been through since when since we started watching when in the pat white era how many atrocious players we've seen come through and atrocious seasons we've seen come through and yet we're still sitting here Cheering on Mountaineers every every week, even though we expect them to probably get their butts handed to them, we still sit there and want them to succeed. That's how you stick with the team. That's a fan, and if you I, I, claim otherwise as a quote unquote fan, then you're not a fan. Just stop watching because you're not really a fan of the team. While you uh, talked about uh, fan, I thought of this: go to Marshall University and tell them what a fan is. They lost their football team in a plane crash 50 years ago next month. Go tell those people down there what it means to be a fan. I guarantee you'll get a response that will put you to shame. Those people down there have my immense respect for holding through, and even when they had every reason not Mm -hmm. to, kept playing football. They reorganized their program. They hired a head coach. They petitioned the NCAA to let freshmen play. They did what they had to do. Every Marshall fan I know has a tremendous amount of respect for me because that university and that school put together what it had to do. That's exactly. a fan base. Moving on to college now. I'll give you the four because there's a certain uh, uh, Clemson quarterback I think you want to discuss a little bit. I'm going to give you the four. You know, it, it, I, I said this last night. This is if anyone if anyone wants to know the definition of absolute irony if you open up a textbook and you don't see Trevor Lawrence's face next to it that textbook is a textbook or dictionary is incorrect and here's why this man was a strong proponent of start restarting the college football season and having it played entirely with basically it screaming, let us play and that the players will be safe and all of this stuff. And what does this man go and do? He goes and gets infected with coronavirus. Now, we won't know the, the means by which he did that, but this is exactly what I thought was going to happen. 
in some way or another. Not not necessarily with Trevor, but with the players that were screaming to let you play and all this, claiming that, oh, it's not going to be transmitted because we, we, we're responsible. And I'm not going to say he was necessarily irresponsible, but someone around him... <laughs> Someone around the him was irresponsible, of... whether it was a teammate or somebody else, or he maybe directly was irresponsible. We probably won't know the situation by which he was infected. But it just goes to prove the point that if you're basically hanging around your team the whole time, someone there or even you were irresponsible and have likely just spread it to a lot of the team. We won't know some of the other potential results for another day or two because of the infectious period and, and the incubation time and, and all of this stuff. So there very well could be, couldn't be more cases in Clemson than just Trevor. But this just proves the absolute point yep. that, again, you can't trust college students, and especially not the ones that scream no, you can't. for essentially all of the most anti-scientific reasons that, oh, there's no risk and blah, blah, blah. Because that's basically what this kid was saying. Was that there was there were no risks because yeah. we're on the field and we, we we supposedly follow our guidelines or whatever, and and all this and I'm reading the ESPN article that that shows this and it says that um, he'll be required to isolate for ten days from the onset of the symptoms. Um, we we need to know exactly when his symptoms began because if they just began on Thursday, then he's got those ten days, which from what I I think you were discussing last night would exclude him from not just this next game against Boston College, right? The the following game against Notre right. Dame. So, right. So if one versus four, those symptoms shown Thursday. Yes, if they shown Wednesday, that could be different. But the also here's the other caveat here: if they're following CDC guidelines. The 10 days is essentially a minimum because you also have to have – I believe it's not an and uh, an or situation. I think it's an and situation. Um, you also can't have had a fever for 24 hours, and that fever cannot be mitigated by a medication that reduces said fever um, you know, as a symptom management thing. Exactly. So, so it's going to be a natural be, you know, drop Whether you've taken okay. – like an actual treatment, which we know at this point pretty much doesn't exist. We, we're not entirely sure. Um, and again, he's probably unlikely to have re- to receive such a thing. Um, but you know, if I'm just taking a Tylenol to make my in, to make my headache go down or something, that's not that's not going to stop you from spreading it because you're still technically you're still te- you're still infected, even though now you're not showing a fever symptom because you've taken a Tylenol or something. Um, so. That could even play even further into that. Plus, again, the fact that from the minute he became symptomatic, whether it was yesterday when it was announced or the day before or Tuesday, because I think what they test on uh, Sunday, Wednesdays and Fridays in the ACC. Um, let me see I'm not they, sure, honestly. pretty sure they brought up here. I think it was Sunday, Wednesday, Friday. So every other day or every couple of days, um, they – they test. So if I tested on Wednesday, the test came back on Thursday, then if he was symptomatic on Wednesday, for example, he was infectious on Monday. And the test on Sunday wouldn't have caught it. And the test on Wednesday wouldn't have caught anybody that was infected because the incubation time is anywhere from 2 to 14 days, typically 5 or 6 days. So <laughs> this is a whole mess of contact tracing that you have to go through. Because you know, you have to ask him when his symptoms uh, developed and all of this stuff, um, because exactly. Trust him not to lie. So trust him not to lie to you. I, 
it would not surprise me if there were a few more cases uh, through this. And we, and it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, within a week we see more. Because, again, that infectious period, the, the, the onset of symptoms, all of that stuff, uh, the incubation period, a whole bunch of terms <laughs> that are thrown around here. Um, but, that's, that's, but that's where contact tracing comes in. That's where if I'm a contact tracer, you have to ask these questions from him and get the information so you can then contact the rest of the players. I mean I would definitely right now, if I were the coach, if I were Davo Sweeney, I would be ice, uh, quarantining all of my all of my team right now. I would be quarantining them at, right now because because you don't know who who all's I can't contact disagree with you. And you don't know when he was infectious at this current moment, so it would be irresponsible not to. Here's a here's a straightforward question: Should they play tomorrow? Should they play not? tomorrow? Because again, you, you don't know who else is potentially infectious, and and also you don't know. I mean, you, there are so many variables that you do not know because because of the the questions I just posed. That you know, again, with that with that realm being five days, again, if he was. Oh, the typical inf- uh, incubation period being five days. If if I was infectious on Monday, if I'm Trevor Lewis and I was infectious on Monday, five days later is what Saturday. So that typical incubation period yep. is right there. And if I become inf- if I become symptomatic, those five that five days later on Saturday, then two days before that I was infectious. So it just it keep, windows keep throwing in, and and all this. And again, even even if he's not symptomatic, because you know you can be you can spread it being asymptomatic. That that throws an even bigger wrench into this into this uh, a pile of of garbage here. It's worth noting here that the ACC actually actually yesterday moved their conference championship game back a week. From December twelfth to December nineteenth, the day before the college football playoff mm-hmm. selection committee meets to determine the fourteenth playoff. So here's why that's important: the ACC schedule currently ends the fifth of December. They have the twelfth of December open for any games that need to be rescheduled yeah. prior to that ACC championship game. If you have to, if it comes down to it. They sh- and I-, I think they should do it anyway, but let's just say they can postpone mm-hmm. tomorrow's game against Boston College and then only play it if it's necessary. For instance, the big- the ACC is not doing yeah. divisions this year. There's just one big conference. So you only have to finish second. So if Clemson finishes one or two in the ACC and they've already locked that up by the time yeah. they get to uh, like the last week, then we don't even play. Unless Boston College needs it for a bowl game, in which case they're going to go, you know what, we're fine. Yeah. We're not going to get our ass beat by Clemson. We're fine. So that's what I would do. I would move that game tentatively to mm-hmm. the 12th of December and then only play it if necessary. They did that in Major League Baseball. I don't know how the, uh, it worked out, but the Cardinals and Tigers were supposed to play a series when the Cardinals had their um, yeah. COVID outbreak in their clubhouse. And since it's an interleague game, it doesn't necessarily impact your division race. So they said, we'll only play it if one of these teams needs it to make the playoff. So, And that's I don't know how they did it. I don't know if they actually mm-hmm. played it or not, but I know that's what their plan was. That plan in college football yeah, is I not can't a disagree. bad idea. Uh, 
Oh, here's so here's a few more specifics into uh, how uh, Lawrence will be able to play against Notre Dame. So the article says here that best uh, if he began showing symptoms on Tuesday, uh, and he began his ten day isolation, that would potentially allow him to play on the seventh. But here's the caveats, uh, in a little bit more specific. It requires that the player show no symptoms which is defined as no respiratory issues or fever, and you can't use fever-reducing medication. Uh, well, technically, I guess you could, but the, the fever-reducing medication would not uh, classify as reducing your fever um, to play the game. Um, and also, you ha he has to go through a battery of cardiac tests to make sure that he... Yeah, so make sure he doesn't have... I was going to say, doesn't he have to have a cardiac test? Which, for those unfamiliar with that word, is just inflammation of the heart. Which obviously, as an athlete, you don't want. <laughs> Which, for, exactly. And in general, you don't want. Okay, as someone with a heart condition, I know a thing or two mm -hmm. about this. No, I don't no, no. I have a heart condition. You don't want that. I've been in a few cardiology offices, but yeah, I mean, good. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you're there. I hear you breathing. Good. <laughs> okay. Good. <laughs> oh, breathe. Something else happened. Something else happened in college football that just it blows your mind. And this is the point we wanted to make a while back, but I had to cut it out due to various things. The Big Ten is screwed. The Big Ten lost yeah, the game. And this, this is exactly what can't make was it up. Happen too. Can we just say oh, new? Exactly. Not even yeah. thought we knew no, it was going to happen. Right. Absolutely. He, he, here's 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 the situation. Wisconsin. <laughs> Let's just say Wisconsin played. I, I love doing that. Wisconsin mm -hmm. played uh, Illinois on Friday, and they beat up on the Illini like forty-five to seven. I think it wasn't even close. Uh, their head coach and their starting oh. quarterback, along with fourteen, along with ten I didn't others, it was that many. tested positive for coronavirus. That is ugh. six coaches, six players. This led the Badgers to postpone all football activities uh, for the week. And Nebraska being Nebraska wanted to play a game this weekend. They tried to schedule Chattanooga. And the Big Ten said, nope, you're going to sit at home. So, uh, yeah. And here's the problem with that. Uh, you don't have a head coach and a quarterback, which is not unprecedented to have not, and the head coach not being there. It's happened before. And we know quarterbacks have gone down. But the problem for, for the Wisconsin is, the Big Ten went overboard and said he had to sit out for 21 days. You're going to exactly. have to make sure that this doesn't continue to spread and it doesn't impact position groups that you need because you're going to tear a hole in your schedule pretty damn big, and the Big Ten has no room for, to, to move a game. Games aren't even postponed. They're declared no contest. Exactly. As in, this game doesn't even happen. So, and here's the thing. Ordinarily, it wouldn't be a big deal. Mm -hmm. Wisconsin's the number nine team in the country. They are the likely best challenger to Ohio State in the Big Ten. If they win the Big Ten West, they will probably play Ohio State from the Big Ten East in the Big Ten Championship game. And who knows what happens when they get to Indianapolis. This is the one team outside of Ohio State they didn't want to have this yep. happen to. And who's the team it happened to? Wisconsin. They backed themselves into a corner. Now they've got to find a way to get themselves out. And they're exactly. not going to. It's 
And sh- shout out to, to Nebraska for being the uh, the village idiot. <laughs> but can we still play a game? No. We'll, 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 we'll actually win this game. Exactly. I don't care. No. It's Chattanooga. We would win, beat against that. We win against Chattanooga. <laughs> Are you sure? Because you don't look like a good team right now. <laughs> but, and I hate to say that about Nebraska. It's a story program, but they it, there's a lot of problems there. Scott Frost has himself a big task and a brutal schedule to go along with it. But here's the thing. We've seen this happen. Now we've got, we've got the biggest name in the sport. Player name of the sport. Uh, we've actually mm-hmm. had the two biggest names in the sport, period. We had Nick Saban, had a false positive. And then, mm-hmm. excuse me, Trevor Lawrence had a, uh, had, uh, a positive. We've hit the sport... Yeah. At the at the at the highest rank you can get. And a lot of people were saying that a lot of the uh tests we'd had prior were in the group of five, like the Conference USA, Sunbelt, exactly. American, stuff like that. Well now it's in the power five. Okay? Now it's reached that level and we have to take this seriously now because here's the thing. Does anyone oh. want to lose Clemson Notre Dame? Exactly. No, we don't. We want to see one versus four. I mean we want to see Trevor Lawrence out there. But we can't do it if it's not safe. I don't want Clemson getting on a plane and going to South Bend, Indiana on a Friday night to go play a game on Saturday Saturday night mm-hmm. and have a team that potentially has COVID on it. I agree. I don't want that. It's it's a whole it's a whole mess, in, 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 which we all knew it would be. It was all ready to begin with because of all this, but now it's really just the points being proven. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, it's thankfully it hasn't been worse. And we've still been able to play mm-hmm. a season for it, but we knew it was going to hit this at some point. We just knew exactly. it. It was only a matter of when, not if. Speaking of a matter of when, not if, West yep. Virginia finally blew it. It always happens in Lubbock, Texas. I don't know what it is about that place. I have no idea. And considering both head coaches in that time, we've been in the Big 12, have former Texas Tech yeah. assistants. And our quarterback grew up in Lubbock. Exactly. This year, they, they kept you'd hitting think they would handle. These are always some small stories that you want to have for season for, for games. You always want to try to tie these things together. But my goodness, I was sick and tired of hearing, "Oh, the Lubbock native or his brother here had his biggest game of his career against WVU." I'm like, man, you're just beating a dead horse, and that dead horse just happens to be WVU. I'm tired of it, man. <laughs> Stop, it's stop. it's the definition of the stop. Dead. It's already like, dead. I, man, I totally get it. You ha- you latch onto the stories, and that's totally how it works. But there's there's got to be a level there. I don't need to hear it. I don't need to hear it every single drive. There, there is a line Please, they crossed it. Stop. Like out comes Jared Deggy for the fifteenth like, drive of the game. It's like that, let's just remind you that his brother like, Seth okay. beat the living right. crap out of WVU <laughs> some years ago. And essentially <laughs> ruined the, the the great season that was going on there. Let's just let's just keep throwing it in the face. That yep, was, the, that was wait, when they were like that number was five in the nation. Game, Gino Smith was on. Oh, the entire team was on fire. They were undefeated. I don't think Gino Smith threw a single interception at that point. I don't. I still don't think he threw one that game. But he was like something like twenty nine and zero TD interception ratio, something like that. And 26 and 0, like it was things that it was just insane how that team was a video game cheat until Texas Tech turned that cheat off. 
And then these guys just have to keep reminding us about it. Like, ah, that stung eight years ago and it still stings today. Stop. <laughs> ah. Yeah, just a little bit. Gino was... 30 of 58 for, three, for 278 yards yeah, and only one was, touchdown. They just got manhandled. Because they only scored, what, two touchdowns the whole game? Seth Deggie. Right. Yeah, 49 of 14. Seth Deggie was 32 of 42, 499 yeah. yards, six touchdowns, one interception. Exactly. Here, God. Anyway, back to 2020. This is a game where you. I, yep. I, I told you weird things happen down there. It, it, it doesn't matter how good the team is and how bad Texas Tech is. Weird things happen down there. And the last few times they've come down there, we've faced a guy making his first mm-hmm. career start, and he's looked like he's been starting for five years. Yeah. I don't it know how like that happens. A, it does. Uh, just pros at making inexperienced, and I say that literally not trashing on the quarterback, but inexperienced quarterbacks and making them, like you said, look like they've been playing for five years. Like, you know, it, it may as well be Neil Brown should make a new commercial. And it should go like this. Do you have a first year starting quarterback? Exactly. Come on to some town. We'll make him look like a million bucks. <sighs> That's what it should be. I mean, let's let's look let's be honest about it. And look, there is something to be said totally. about not seeing a guy on film that much. There is something to be said for that. But the in-game adjustments, I don't think were that bad. The in-game adjustments defensively weren't that bad. The yeah. offense, to me, looked like they couldn't got out of second gear. There were absolutely a they ton got out of questionable first, decisions made there. Like, again, you have Letty Brown, who was just dominating these guys. Like, what was his stat? What was his stat line? I mean, when he went, <laughs> it's like I closed the box uh, score. <laughs> pop it open. <laughs> Yeah, let's see here. Buddy Brown. 21 carries, so, 77 average wise, yards, wasn't amazing, counts. but he was powering through people. You know, Sinkfield was getting some stuff done. And, like, they, they were still a good choice, but there was just a bunch of weird play calls through the, through the whole the whole game that, like, made you scratch your head. Like, why exactly did was this done in this given moment. Now, there were a lot of good play calls as well. Like that what was that um fourth and one like punt reverse, like fake punt reverse? Yeah. That was you know the fake that punt, was yeah. an unexpected thing. That was like, whoa, wow, look at that. They're they're throwing some trickery in there. That that was fun to watch. Um whether it was a good or bad decision, that's that's a toss up with those types of plays. But strategically it was a good decision. Throw them off. And, and a lot of things like that. I was like, sweet, keep that drive alive. Keep the keep them in this game one way or the other, and show them that you're not willing. Or you're willing to take some chances on some of these things. But there were some other plays that were just obvious bad decisions given the history of the game already. You're like, okay, well, why are you doing this again when we know this doesn't work? And it 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 made you question why they didn't adjust some of those. And sure, they probably had some reasons, but. Sometimes you just you just it makes you question it even more because it didn't work for the most of the game. Why would it work now? 
I don't understand why they were throwing it on any first down at all. If I if I have Letty Brown in the backfield on first and ten, I am running it. I am handing the ball off and I am saying, Letty, give me what you exactly. can. I will work from here. I I don't understand why there's a throwing on on on, and I get trying to keep them off off guard, but come on, I don't think they could have stopped it. Yeah, he only had seventy seven yards. His average was better than his actual total was. Yeah, but still, he you know he can break it, and I'd rather have him trying it than I would Dave exactly. trying to make a, a I mean, pass that he Dave may not he be able to make. fifty passes. Going and again, that's also on the on the flip side that Bloody Brown won it twenty one times, so there were a lot of plays. That's still 50 passes. And then on the flip side, Columbia throws 28 passes, but he ran all over them. He literally, every time he turned around, he's scrambling out of the pocket. Yeah. yeah. He, exactly. he was doing his best Pat White impression. And, and like, do something, guys. <laughs> like, he had see, 11 carries for 40 yards. So nothing too crazy, but he was making plays when he needed to make plays dot out of the backfield. Right. I told dad in the middle of that game, I said, you know what I would do? I would use my front seven to set the edge and I will give him the exactly. middle. Cause you know, what I've got in the middle, the Steelers brothers. Mm-hmm. It's like, I will give you that. I will dare you to run through them. And I guarantee you, you're not, I will, I will take the edge from you and exactly. I will make you run to the middle. And they didn't do that well enough. That's the problem. The edge, Texas Tech never lost the edge. Mm-hmm. And they had to, and they didn't do it. And again, the in-game adjustments weren't all exactly. that bad and for the defense. The- it's just the offense didn't do enough. And, and mm-hmm. you, but you have to play a full 60-minute a full exactly. game. And the, the special teams, neither side way, of the ball now, did. I'm not going to say our special teams was bad. But Texas Tech special teams, holy cow. McNamara booted an 87-yard punt. Like, if... That's the definition of for the brand right there, and I bet Pat McAfee was going crazy when he saw it. <laughs> but that's the type of stuff that right. – granted, it went to the end zone, it, right? But that's the type you, of stuff that you want from your special teams, especially your punter. Right. Granted, it went over the end zone, but my goodness. <laughs> here's, a, here's, a, here's a question I for you. Have you up. seen the team stats for this game? Okay, so you could. I'm okay. Yeah, you would be cheating if I said this. Uh, I'm not going to ask you. I'm just going to tell you. West Virginia converted as many first that's fourth downs. Honestly, they did third s- downs. That's honestly sad. <laughs> they were four of sixteen on third down, four of five on fourth down. Texas Tech was eight of sixteen on third down. There's your exactly, game. And, and and that's to be noted that also they kept beating game. this this horse too. That Texas Tech had been zero and thirteen on its last, well, thirteen third downs before this game. <laughs> and here, another another thing: the penalties. West Virginia seven penalties, sixty nine mm-hmm. yards. Texas Tech three penalties, nineteen yards. You cannot. Go down to Lubbock, Texas, or exactly. anywhere else in the Big Twelve, and, and penalize yourself. And two and of them to win the were game. massive you penalties will not win from the, the exact same player. And one of them, he wasn't even on the field. Ironically enough, his name was Tony Fields. He was, exactly, wasn't even eligible. Not to rag on Tony Fields, but good lord. Yep, had the targeting, had the targeting, and then he ran on the field, and I'm like, exactly. Okay, 
Let's just fail you on the debate. And I've seen people already do it. Debate all day over whether or not that should have been a targeting. And I'm not going to get into that debate. All I know is it happened. That's 15 yards. But the real thing that I'm going to wag on him for is deciding that it was a good idea after he's already, especially after he's already been ejected, or rather, what's the proper term? Because disqualified because ejected he'd have been off the field disqualified like there's a just yeah so after he was after he was disqualified there's a distinction uniform off and sitting on the sideline he decides after and and uh turnover that wasn't even confirmed yet darts on the field and goes yeah boy that's even if that even if it was a definitive any everything you know went wvu's way and he got the interception don't do that don't do it. Wait till he's on the sideline and pat the dude on the head and, and, and jump around with him. Like that's self-control that you've got to have. And that's control that the coaches have to have and knowing that and noticing, Hey dude, he's darting somewhere. Let's maybe stop him. But it's like, that's and the worst part about it was that yeah, it wasn't even an interception or interception. Right. It, it, and yeah. So it wasn't a turnover. Fumble. It was overturned. And then they got 15 yards tacked onto that. So you lost twice in that same play. Because of... have I don't know what's going on with this season and last season, but the discipline is horrible. And we all thought this team would be... We thought the discipline would be better from uh, holding the ground. Something, and now, again, yeah, that. if this is just a player thing, well, you know, the players are already lacking this, and it's... And you know Neil Neil Brown didn't recruit most of these people, so that if that's the case, obviously not entirely Neil Brown's fault. But he is the coach, and he has to instill these things. And it's seeming that it's not happening too well. He he, he that is true. He brought in Tony Fields though. Yep. It's it, and that's on him. All right, let's move on because I don't want to go into get yep. press anymore. Like oh, yeah. Over that game in the Patriots game. Let's move on to the next next part of the Big 12 gauntlet. Kansas State comes in. They're on a four-game winning streak. They just looked <laughs> up on Kansas, which everyone does, so that's not really a big deal. But they also had the best win in the Big 12 yep. this year. They went to Norman, Oklahoma, and won. When you look at, at Kansas point, State. They are the team that we should be thought, saying is back. Because for the last few years, Kansas State, we weren't exactly sure what their status was. But now they're seemingly trying to be big dogs again, and they're succeeding quite well. So they, they're, if you were to beat them, this is the statement win that you need for the season to say, hey, we still have some semblance of this season. We still have an idea on what we're doing. Otherwise... I don't know. Maybe we can draw some positives from a loss. Who knows? I, it's been hard recently. But I, it's not one that I come in expecting that West Virginia is going to have an easy time at all. It's going to be a very hard time, and it's going to be a very, a very, very hard time to win it. I agree. Here's what you may not realize about their head coach, Chris Kleiman. We don't know his name, but I know him because I follow almost all levels of college football. Chris Kleiman was the head coach of North Dakota State mm-hmm. the last five years before he went to Kansas State at the beginning of 2019. In those five years in North Dakota State, he won four national championships in yep. five years, and the only other year he lost in the semifinal. 
His career record is 84-19. Yep. The man knows how to win. And he's instilling that in this program now. Don't think for one second that this is the old Bill Snyder Kansas State. It's not. They have the ability to move the ball. They have the ability to play defense. And they're going to be a really, really good team. They are a really, really, really good team. Lost mm-hmm. Arkansas State. You can basically throw out the window. It doesn't really yep. matter anymore. They're 4-0 in the day 12. Although I would also I would say this, though. Maybe, just maybe, we can get a book over their shoulder a little bit. Yep. They have Oklahoma State next week at home. Oklahoma State's the only undefeated team in the league. Maybe just we get maybe. them looking ahead of that a little bit. Maybe. Big, big maybe. Because one thing, Climbing was mm. always good. As Oklahoma, North Dakota State was always good, right? They always, they always paid attention. They always were there. They always played well. They don't have. They didn't lay a lot of eggs up there. So he does. He knows how to keep his team from doing that. That's the one thing that I would probably hope oh, I is agree. what happens. But I'm not banking on it. I, I just. I. This is a tough game to call for me because I think West Virginia will bounce back. But the things that have plagued West Virginia to this point, as in the turnovers and the penalties, are are things you cannot have against Kansas State or you uh, will lose. A win, win, again, kind of solidifies that, you know what? There are some obvious issues, but this team can win some big games. If If they can win this big game, it gives you a little bit more hope for the West of this, because they still got, they really do have the West of the gauntlet to still run. They have the toughest teams in the conference left to play. So you've got to solidify in some way or another that you can hang with them, if not beat them. Otherwise, the West of the season and even trying to touch the Big 12, which at this point is pretty much a, a, an absolute stretch, is, is over. Yeah. You lose you lose this game, it goes south like Sherman. It, here's a question for you. We talked about them having the biggest win, the best win in the Big 12. What's West really Virginia's we best do. win? Do we I even mean, have one yet? You, you went to du- a double overtime with Baylor, who is well just underneath WVU in the Big 12 right now. And they're not, you know, they're one and two. Granted, they've missed two games. And, you know, they had they they came Came back, which is so crazy to have to say, against Kansas, the bottom of the barrel team. And then they fumbled away a a Texas Tech victory. So, uh, I mean, you know, I don't really know if they have a best game. I guess by default, it has to be Baylor. By default, if you wanted to have one yeah. now, but I'm with you. I don't think because it's sin- not a matter no of signature every, win like, when you, you go. Yep, games we're good. Saying this is a game where everything was done right. Every, you know, there were the mistakes that were made were minimal. This is a the, the, every one of these games are plagued. Even if the victories are plagued with you mess this up, and this game is an entirely different game, and you've lost. So it's re- like the only positive. The really the only positive in the Kansas game was that. They managed to st- stop the bleeding and stab Kansas back and make them bleed more. But you still bled a lot. <laughs> yeah. 
It shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. It, it felt like the begin the game they brought a knife to a gunfight. In the beginning exactly. of that Kansas game, they finally realized, oh wait, this is a gunfight. Okay, we're good. But okay, here's a here's a little quiz for you. I guarantee you I've beaten you on this one. Letty Brown is the uh, is the uh, leading rusher of this team. Who is second, and who and oh, how boy. many yards um, uh, behind is he? My first instinct is Sinkfield, but that seems too obvious. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Sinkfield. Uh-huh. All right, it is Sinkfield. Letty Brown has 592 yards. I'm gonna use the math. Larry Brown has 592 and Alex Sinkfield has 216 yards. 80 yards? Yes, and 216. That's, that, is a, wow. that, is, that is a large distinction. That's a good you know, bit. Between your top two running backs. Like, yeah, definitely. I mean, we know that when Letty Brown steps know on the bell field, is. he's going to mm. be knocking some people down and, and, getting, and fighting for some yards. But... Uh, it'd be nice. It would be nice if those numbers were a little closer, because then you're like, it makes you feel more comfortable with that depth. But, but oh. to the same note, I still, you know, get you still get the right. feeling when Sinkfield, uh, for example, steps on the field that he's gonna make. He's got some playmaking potential because we've seen it over the last few years. So it doesn't make me any less confident in the in in either of those abilities, of course. But it does make you wish that somehow. There was some, there, there was a, a better balance to their strengths, one way or the other. Ugh, I, honestly, I don't even remember who the third. Care to guess who's third? I don't even. I don't remember a third. Ah, I don't even remember a third running back off the top of my head right now. Um, that's right, Mathis Jr. Huh. Tony Mathis Jr. Fifty-five yards. <laughs> yeah. Garrett Green with the appearance, 33 yards rushing, fourth and fourth on the rushing yards. The backup quarterback, fourth and yeah. rushing. No wonder this team is three and two. So I, I think we both agree it'll be a really, really difficult game uh, for, uh, for West Virginia. So, uh, hold on. West Virginia versus Kansas State. Uh, what's the line here? I need a line. 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 I don't have a line. I need a line. Okay, West Virginia is. Uh, what? Okay, a three and a huh. half point favorite. That's it. Kansas State is a three and a half point. That's favorite? shocking. Oh, West. Now that's shocking. No, I mean, even West even Virginia a Kansas is a three State being a three and a half is shocking because that just seems too low, but. West Virginia being a favorite, I don't believe it. I don't know who's watching a WVU game to think that that they should win, or it's even close enough to say that a home field advantage gives you a little. Because even in, even in, even if the uh, prevailing uh, knowledge, which is that a home team gets three points, that still puts mm-hmm. West Virginia at a at a only a half point underdog. What on earth I, makes you think I have, half I have no reason there? What on earth to makes believe you think that? that that's the, I, I don't know who's watching these games. Like now, if you take away penalties, maybe, but that's not going to happen. That's just not going to happen in one. I just don't believe it. It's 
too no, set in not. stone at this point. The data's there that this team is not good at, at disciplining themselves enough to stop a penalty. That honestly, The over-under is 46 points. Because, I mean, the over-under could be Kansas I, I will, State yeah, putting up 46 and WU putting up nothing. So... So let's let's throw that out there before I say that yeah I think right. it's gonna be a twenty three twenty three shootout, you know? <laughs> quote unquote shootout, you know, as if that's a shootout really. <laughs> that's a yawn fest. Yeah. So in the like, Big Twelve, that's a yawn. Like, it's like it's definitely I it's would like you I only would put definitely up feel what the more hell on the lines about? of like Kansas State scoring thirty plus and and WVU getting stymied, but. I hope that's not the case, as always, but I don't really have anything to be, to to sh- prove to me why that won't be the case. Uh, hmm. I I agree with you. So I mean, look, we all want West Virginia to win, but I don't think we're really going to be. Uh, oh, definitely. Um. So uh, this just popped up on my ESPN Um. Apparently, like 15 minutes ago, uh, Desmond Howard Ooh. has coronavirus. Yeah. Wow. He announced Thursday college game day going a man down. Yeah. Well, he might. Well, he might broadcast. So he, says, he might broadcast uh, home. It says but, uh, he announced on Thursday that he tested positive. He's under strict quarantine. Uh, I'd like to throw in a a phrase here for Howard. Um, the correct term for, for someone being infected and being uh, told to stay home is isolation. Uh, there is a difference there. Uh, quarantine is for people who have come in contact and may be infectious but haven't been confirmed. Isolation is for if I'm a confirmed case that I'm isolating. Uh, there, there is a, a difference there. So I'd like to throw that in there for Mr. Howard who won't be reading uh, listening to this. Uh, but since I've read it, <laughs> if Desmond Howard does this but with us, I went, please so I was give us that, a shout out on game uh, day. So that I just have to clarify that because that's the correct terminology for anyone listening. Uh, the, the following thing is he says he detailed he's experiencing a cough, muscle soreness, but has not had a fever. Um, and he says take the virus seriously. It's a tricky virus. It's unpredictable. So do all the things to maintain your health. I I'm not going to disagree with that. It's it's very serious and it's unpredictable. And that's why it's serious because it's unpredictable. I can't disagree you there. So I think we've pretty much unless you want to venture prediction in this game. Which we stop. You know what? Prediction. We stopped doing predictions. Kansas State our wins. Stopped. Our team started losing. Thirty-one fifteen. We had scoreline, but I'm gonna say it. Kansas State wins thirty-one fifteen. <laughs> West Virginia eats it out, twenty-four twenty-three. All right. Let's see. Let's the see who wins the metaphorical money. It's like in, insert Patrick me. I can I put you a single dollar on this game. Oh boy. Oh. All right. On to our hell of a story. It comes to us in the cross. Laughing. The <laughs> Why am I out of breath? <laughs> <laughs> That is true. 
it comes to us from across the pond, and it comes to us courtesy of Manchester United, which as an Everton fan, I shouldn't be applauding, but as a footballing fan and a human being, I have to applaud him for it. Marcus Rashford is 22 years old, and he has already done more than the British government has in the last, in the last few years. When the coronavirus pandemic, coronavirus pandemic occurred in England, he, the government basically shut down all schools and therefore ended the uh, free, pro- free meals that kids who needed it would get from schools. Marcus Rashford, when he was younger, did, uh, needed those free meals to survive. He was homeless for a while, I believe, although I'm not entirely sure about that. I know he needed the free meals. And the main bit's been, main bit's been uh, uh, not exactly very yeah. much in, uh, in the money. Uh, but he, he joined with a charity to give 400,000 free meals to the children in Manchester. Because he's a striker for Manchester United, arguably the most famous club in the world, that charity got noticed and he got a massive amount of money donated to them. They were able to distribute 4 million meals throughout the whole country. insane amount of meals. In the UK. Later, when the British government said they would stop, uh, uh, said they would do it, he basically basically bullied the British government into, ma- into making sure that they uh, did that. And the British government did uh, extend free uh, meals to eligible children during mm-hmm. the summer. Then they said they were going to stop it. Uh, so he starts a, sign- a petition online that has over a million signatures already. And basically it's to extend the uh, the free meals through Easter next year. After we, the, after we did the same for the summer <clears throat> holiday in which there were no there was no school this year uh, in, in, in the UK. He's also been awarded the Master of the British Empire with MBE, which is one of the highest, mm-hmm. uh, basically, it's basically essentially a knighthood almost. This while playing for the biggest club in the world and, and in the Champions League, he did something really cool on Wednesday in the Champions League. He became one of the second player in Champions League history to score a hat-trick off the bench. He did it in 27 minutes. He also, in that same time period, gave up the chance to score a penalty, gave it to his teammate Anthony Martial, so he could score his first goal of the season. So he willingly, he always on a hat trick. He had two goals already. He gave Martial the penalty so he could score, and then went back and scored again and completed his hat trick in a 5 0 win over Rosenball Sport Leipzig in the Champions League. Or 5 1, I forget which one it was. They might have scored one, but they didn't win the game. Marcus Rashford being. The most unselfish and genuine being on the face of the uh, earth. He is, right and now. and now, how old did you say he was? Twenty-two. This dude, twenty-two, is effectively fresh. Not the whether or not he went to college. I will. I, I do not know. But effectively, fresh out of what what would be graduating college age in your for your normal timeline, and he has made more difference than just about anybody else I can think of right now. And is trying to make differences, and and is showing that yes, he has. He, he's showing real leadership there. Uh, in hey, you know what? I've already scored. Let's give someone else a chance. And then you know he scores later, but he gives someone else a chance. And there we go. That guy you said scored his first of the season or first of his career. It's first of the season. So yes, first of the season. That, those, are, those are the exact type of stories you want to you want to see in sports. Is is a player not only being selfless, 
and giving everyone else a chance, but also doing more for people than arguably his own government at this point. And we've already seen perfect examples of that in the U.S. too at the beginning of the pandemic, where players and this is well, this is pretty much directly pandemic related at the beginning of the pandemic, where certain organizations players were say offering up parts of their salary to pay for the employees of the stadiums, and and we, I believe we said it then, and if not, we I was saying that. I absolutely commend them for doing that, but there's no reason that they should have to have to do that because these are billion dollar organizations, if, if not much more, uh, that uh, that should be taking care of their employees. Mark Cuban was one of the first ones that I can think of that stepped up and said, this organization will make sure that its employees are taken care of. And he's still fighting to, to take yes. care of just more than and more than that. Exactly. The Atlanta Braves did that as well. The Braves stepped up and said, "Until baseball is, is uh, being played again, we'll." Uh, and we'll there's, keep, there's we'll just no sure reason you're, you're that multi-billion-dollar or close to that, you know, com- uh, organizations or companies should not be taking care of those employees because what makes you that money? The employees doing everything for you while you sit up in your tall office, pushing buttons, effectively. <laughs> Exactly. You know, here's the thing. I saw this yesterday, I think it was. The NBA experienced a 20% loss in revenue. You know what the revenue Ooh. was for the, for the last season? Mm, I'm just going to throw out a number because it's the first number that came to mind. $200 billion. I have no idea what the normal revenue is. <laughs> That's still like ton of money. $8.3 billion. <laughs> It's, if your revenue was still eight point three billion after a twenty after a twenty percent decrease, yeah, you can probably afford to take care of some and people. And that's and that's with basically no Just one in the saying. stands, with zero people in the stands okay. at all, correct? And, and yeah, yeah, for the, for some of the season. By that point, they played almost all the season. So they had like a month left. But here's the point: they were saying like how the. Uh, NBA uh, could experience a forty percent loss in revenue with no fans on the same. Yeah, and, and, like, and now the real question is: to cry for you. Is it forty percent of the eight point three billion, or is it forty percent of presumably the ten billion revenue that was made before that? So, are you then sitting at six point three billion, or are you sitting at I, five billion? Really, because that's still a ton of money. Like, like we're talking billions here. We are talking right. thousands of millions. <laughs> <laughs> like, but with a big B. Yeah, the biggest B actually. Just take the B from any exactly. uh, billboard and put it like, in front of the. the these are not chump change numbers. It's like, especially when you, <laughs> when you have people worth, mind-blowingly enough, twenty times that. Like, not that they're owning these company, these organizations, yeah. but. Still, like, wow. And if you have no fans in the stands, that still shows that you're still making money because people are still watching it on TV and people are still buying your merch. And you're still making $5 billion. I agree. So, by the way, 
Uh, Marcus mm-hmm. Rashford signed, signed, signed a new contract with Manchester United this year. He uh, he reportedly earns about let's see, he earns about two hundred thousand wow. pounds a week. That's two hundred. That's two hundred fifty thousand dollars U.S. a week. The deal runs to 2023, and it's a mammoth increase over his previous deal, which saw him earning 20,000 pounds a week. He's earning over 10 million a year for before bonuses and other pay-related incentives taken into account. He earns about 20 pounds per minute, 1,190 pounds per hour, 28,500 pounds mm-hmm. per day, and I'm yeah, I just gave you the month, uh, week in the year. But the point is, and he doesn't even have sponsors as before sponsorships. He has deals with Nike and uh, McDonald's and EA Sports and yeah, so he makes a lot of money and he's not holding this. He's doing it all on his own accord. And by the way, I'd like to issue a, a correction. I said NBE is a master of the British Empire. It is the most excellent order of the British Empire. It's an order of chivalry, rewarding contributions to the arts and sciences, work for charitable welfare organizations, and public service outside of civil service. It was established on June the fifth, on June the fourth, nineteen seventeen, by King George the fifth, uh, and uh, it comprises five classes of both civil and military divisions. The most senior two of which are the recipient of either a knight or a male or a dame is female. There is also the related British Empire Medal, whose recipients are affiliated with but not members of their order. Just a correction I felt like I should make. Gotcha. Because I did, I did say <laughs> it wrong. So. I believe in being correct. So, yeah, I mean, ooh, okay. Oh, okay. I saw a name of a <laughs> stand in this, in this thing. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> when, when did we get drafted into this? Uh, okay, here, here, this is, here's, here's, the, here's the best uh, 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 praise you can give. It is not beyond the bounds of possibility that a Manchester United striker's name will be sung at the cop or the Gladys Street end. He has the sort of principles and moral values that people he'll hold. He's clever, passionate, and well-advised. The cop and the Gladys Street end are the Liverpool uh, main uh, insane fan stand. <laughs> well, all fan, Liverpool fans, in my mind, are insane. Uh, and the Gladys Street end is the famous street end, is the famous end in Everton's ground where Everton attack in the second half if they need a goal. Like if that's that's traditionally the most fervent support Everton have. The ground is the the stadium itself is is full of Everton fans, but generally the Gladys Street End is one that's really really bouncing. And the cop is is the same way for Liverpool, but Manchester and Liverpool mm-hmm. are like thirty miles away. It's like Pitt WVU. We don't like them; they don't like us. Now, Liverpool are more are bigger rivals of Manchester United because they have the most big titles. They have like seventeen each, so. They definitely <laughs> have more of a rivalry, but we don't like them either. So and they, they're they kind of indifferent about us because we haven't been a threat to them at all. But we have beaten them in a cup final. They're probably still a little bit mad about that. But here's the thing, though. To have an opponent's name being sung by home fans, that really wouldn't surprise me when they get fans back in these grounds. It wouldn't shock me when he when Manji, mm-hmm. when Man United comes in that they aren't singing his exactly. name because he has done so much, and I give him credit. I, I I'm not a United fan at all. I was when I was starting to figure out soccer, and I quickly left because I didn't like 
uh, the uh, immense spending that they did. I just yep. don't believe in spending out the you-know-what for players. But Ian Anderson have started to spend more. But the point is this. He's a favorite player of mine because of his activism and because of the fact that he's just a genuine good person. He's selfless. He's selfless, and he's mm-hmm. he's the kind of player that I don't know who their captain is in Man United oh, exactly. right now, but I would give him the captaincy. Like you are club captain now, and you will be that way until the day you retire or you are sold, one of the two. <laughs> and if they sell him at any point, they're insane. Let's see who is club captain. I am the captain. Now, I'm curious, captain. Now I'm curious. Then I need captain. Come on. <laughs> Her- oh, come on. Harry Maguire is the United captain. This man was arrested in Greece. For, uh, I don't remember why, but he was arrested <laughs> in Greece. That's your club captain? You've got the most generous, the generous person on the face of the earth, and you're giving the guy that was arrested <laughs> in Greece the club captaincy? All right. All right. <sighs> I'm going to get off on a binge, and I don't have time for that. That is, uh, I got that is our show. I think for we, hit the, think we hit the nails on the head. All right. I think we did, too. So that's our show for today. We'll be back next week with reviewing, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. one of our teams will if win nothing this weekend. else, our fantasy teams. How did your fantasy team do this? I week? hope. Ha, huh, that is uh, true. Well, we're, we're playing to this one, week. one of us are going to be disappointed. So someone <laughs> has to win that game. Well, uh, unless it's the, unless this the odd tie, like which Josh and I guess point, I think, could have. Like two years ago. That I won by. Same. <laughs> yeah, never. I yeah, I've never tied before. I don't really plan on starting now. Yeah, You're being pretty good. You're supposed Young to. Ho, you're supposed to be my thing, Young Ho. I don't want to. I don't want to botch that or you know, unnecessarily throw in an innuendo here. But Young Ho, I think it's. I think it is Young Ho. Points for me, kicker wise. So that gave me a five point buffer over my projection. So I'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I just got back to three. You know, I, I'm two. back on. I'm back on a roll. I just and got my, back my in the ultimate, mix. Alternate leagues on a roll. I'm. I've only got one loss in that, and I'm top of the league. I'm. You know what? This. This is. This is the redemption tour. We're for, top of the league. In, We're well, top th- of the league. Year, the the team name is the Ticks. Last year was Pickle Wicks. Um. Uh. Th- <laughs> this is the redemption tour for my, my fantasy teams. I, think I will name. take back the crown, and dang it, if you're in my way, I will bulldoze you. I, I, when, <laughs> when you're in a situation be, where I could throw in on. four, I think I have four running backs on my roster, and and be confident that they're going to put ten points up in each game. I think I'm sitting pretty well in that. And normally I'm dealing with injuries all the time and I have to drop people or they just don't produce. See, only one player on my mm-hmm. bench outside of my defense. Dang. Oh, yeah, I saw that. My like, defensive I, bench that was me two weeks healthy. ago, I think. You know, I had a loss two weeks ago or three weeks ago. And 
all of my players that were playing were the only ones that could play. The rest of them were out or, or on the COVID list. Excuse me, my only bench is uh, Lamar Jackson, and I do not yeah, trust that, him that against the be, Steelers. Yeah, that would be a tough one for I Jackson. I will take my sure. chance with Aaron Rodgers. Especially given this year's t- Steelers team. I have to... Mm-hmm. I have to play Mark Ingram. I don't know my healthy running back besides him. I have to do that. I don't have back myself under a corner there, but oh well. <laughs> yeah, I just got back to three and four, and like, I looked at him like, damn. Uh, it's like, I think I, I'm pretty Hello, three sure and five. my dad is top of the league Hello, or was top of the league. My old and he's, he's got one loss, right? I handed him that Yes, loss. he is. He is top. <laughs> so my, my teams can take down the big dogs, and I'm becoming one of them. Probably, yeah, yeah, he pays does, attention. Does, does he pay attention? To... Okay. Yeah, so I think doing, my, I the like, guy I most people in that league last week, long since my friend uh, John, I think he just forgot about his team last week because normally he's on top of it. Cause he, but in his defense, he also typically runs like four other teams um, across different leagues. So he might have just forgot. <laughs> well, that's – Yeah. That's why I. Uh, that's why I'm gonna do I, one. Got it's like, you know what? I'm, it's yeah, enough of a hassle it, doing one. I'm not. You know, I made the one. botch decision a couple weeks ago where I didn't realize that I didn't take out Aaron Jones when he was out for the gateway. Actually, it was last week. Luckily, I still salvaged that win. But I thought I had switched him out, but I guess I did not because I remember reading he may not be in. <laughs> and it was a game time decision, so I should have put someone else in there in case. But you know what? It still worked out. If only we could do it. I don't know if you can do it now because you have the mm-hmm. way Anchor reworked their uh, music part of this. It's kind of weird, but you have to play full songs now unless you're yeah. a Spotify free years and you only play part of it. And even then, it might not be the one you want. But if you <laughs> beat me this week, I should start next week's show with "Hello Darkness, My Old Friend." <laughs> I should just start that and just be like, "Well, <laughs> going from there." And now, if I win, if I come back, I, and I win, would imagine playing something you like are "Cake and Cake." Live it down <laughs> next week. <laughs> then, oh. I hadn't thought about that before, but you're right. <laughs> oh boy, you know? Oh no, okay. If I win next week, you, we're gonna we're gonna record two podcasts. We're gonna do this one, <laughs> and we're gonna record the music one. I'm just gonna play music about winning all week. It's like okay, here we go. But yep. we'll cross that bridge if well not if when we get there. Presuming I win, I will celebrate. <laughs> if, if I win, if I lose, I won't even make a mention of it. It's like okay, one the next one. Don't even care anymore. We're, nope. Four, Darren. <laughs> I'm Lucas. This has been scientific coaching number whatever. I, since I forgot to update my Google Doc and I don't <laughs> really remember off the top of my head, so I'm not even going to venture to say it. I am Stay signing us off. Safe. Darren, take and us home. Also, I don't know, madness in the NFL. Woohoo! Definitely. Ah, uh, yes, it is Halloween. Stay safe this Halloween. So stay safe for this Halloween. Yes, it is. We've got Have some mentioned. fun. Uh, I assume they're doing trunk that. trunk or treats or traveling around like delivery trick or treats. I don't know. People are creative. Last I, the last I saw, Okio said, "If you want to go huh. trick or treating, you can, but we're not going to stop you." 
<laughs> that's the last I saw of it. I haven't paid attention because it obviously doesn't apply to me anymore. But anyway, just please be safe on Halloween. We'll talk to you next week. Yep. On uh, we'll science get coaching number whatever that is too. We'll figure it out. Adios.